Hello world, this is Stephen Francis, and you're listening to the Humble and Honest Podcast. Today's episode, I am very excited because I am joined with Chris Mistrick. Chris Mistrick has launched the self-made web designer, knowing he could help people go from knowing nothing about development or design to having a thriving freelance side hustle or full-time career as developers. This is something that he did himself. In just 18 months, he doubled the income of his full-time job by working 20 hours per week as a web designer. And now he runs a full-time tech company and helps other people find success. He's also a worship leader for one of the biggest churches in the world, but he's also even more importantly than that, a great dad, a great man of God, and someone who I have a great conversation with. We talk everything about his story all the way to how we can best handle ourselves, especially tech-wise, during this whole coronavirus crisis. Can't wait for you to hear it. So let's not waste any more time. My conversation with Chris Mistrick. Chris, now I've tried to say your name multiple times before this conversation, so I'm going to give it a shot. Correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Chris Mistrick. Close. Close. Almost. Chris Mistrick. So the first E is actually silent. So, and oddly enough, as a kid growing up, when I would say my name to someone really quickly, they would say, did you just say your name is Christmas tree? And so I had to learn to say it really slowly and really precisely or else I got made fun of. So, but you, you were close, man. Okay. So Chris Mistrick. Did I get it right? Yeah, that's it. You got it. You got it. Chris Mistrick. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate this. Steven, thanks so much for having me, man. Love your podcast and love what you're doing. I love your podcast too, dude. It, this is great. This is great. So, you know, these are very interesting times right now. And that's why I was actually very excited that you'd be willing to talk with me, especially about this subject. But first and foremost, I just want to know, how are you doing in the midst of this whole coronavirus crisis? And I know you're still doing worship at your church, I believe. How have you guys been handling it? How are you doing in Arizona, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're in the the Phoenix Metroplex. And thankfully, it it hasn't hit us quite as hard as, as I know, like I know where you guys are in New York. And so we've battened down the hatches like we're we're all bunkered in our houses just like everybody else but there's there's still a lot of movement and honestly like when I like when I go out for the necessities I'm a little surprised at how many people I see out just living life like normal. And I'm almost like, do you guys, do you guys know what's happening right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a, there's a pandemic happening and I don't think you should be out at this bar, you know, drinking, you know, like you go home and, and keep yourself safe. Wait, do you guys still have bars and restaurants open? Yeah. So we just put a curfew oh, um, and, okay. and so it's just been recently, but we're a pretty red state. And so like people love their uh, own ability to make their own decisions for better or for worse. And so our government has been pretty lax. And so I, I think honestly, it'll change over time, but all the schools are closed down. Like my kids' schools are closed until like May, like beginning of May. So I'm kind of at the point of wondering if they'll even go back to school for this year. So but but we're good. We're we're our church is like streaming all of our services online and we've got 
that I think they're pre-recording and then they've done like five weeks in advance just in case we get to the point where it's like, okay, no more going out whatsoever unless you just have to get food or whatever. So, but it's, it's been good. We're in high, we're in high hopes, high spirits and, and, um, just praying that this turns around and knowing that it'll happen. Yeah. Normally when there's a conversation about New York and Arizona, I think, why would I go to Arizona when I live in the great state of New York? Now, literally what you're sounding or what you're talking about sounds like heaven on earth because here in New York, all the restaurants are pretty much closed. Uh, all the schools are shut down. We're not allowed in spaces. You're allowed to walk and obviously you're allowed to get gas and everything, but all non-essential stuff is closed. So it's it's pretty crazy and it continues to change every minute. I'm hoping it doesn't get any more severe than this, but probably by the time listeners hear this, uh, things will change again. But I'm grateful to hear that, you know, it's still moderately a, a good time in Arizona for sure. So the thing that I do want people to know about you, Chris, is your story. I think your story is very interesting and unique. And uh, can you go ahead and tell us, you know, how you went from your former profession to now pretty much being a boss in the tech world? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, so for 13 years, I was the worship pastor of a a large like global church. And we have a campus here in Arizona, multiple campuses. And so I oversaw all the musicians and vocalists. So did that for six years and about six years into working for the church, my, my wife of 10 years decided that she was done with our relationship. And so left me in, in kind of a real big bind financially, because up until that point, like our kind of agreement was that I would, I would serve the church. Like we would do it as a family, but you don't work at a church to, to be a millionaire, you know, like at least, uh, at least I didn't. And so this realization of like, you might not make a lot of money doing what you're doing. And so when she left over half of my income left. And so I, I had three daughters to support as a single dad. And so I had to figure out a way to, make extra income while not pulling on the church, but at the same time, still being able to serve the church. Cause I knew it was still my calling. I knew it's what God wanted for my life. And, and I was happy doing it. You know, like my heart has always been, if I can serve the church at a full-time capacity for free, like I would love to do that, you know? And so out of the suggestion of a friend, I started learning web design and um, took like an online course. And within about a month or so, was telling people I was a web designer. <laughs> and I uh, re- really had no business telling people that. But, you know, some, some friends of mine gave me a shot and started building portfolio. And it, it just kind of snowballed. And within 18 months, I, I doubled the income of my church salary by working about 15, 20 hours in my free time. And, uh, you know, and love that did it, did it for four years, just happy. And my kids would go to bed. I would stay up and work and, you know, thought that this was what I would do. Like it would be kind of this bivocational thing. But then about a year ago, God just started pulling on my heart to see what else he had there for me, kind of in the business world and started putting some feelers out, considered going full-time into freelancing for myself and it found this company that I currently work for called Show It. 
that like their heart is the same as mine for community, for not just having a product and getting people to buy it, but for serving the people that are a part of our customer base, you know, and having a business that isn't about making the business explode, but it's about a lifestyle. So it's, it's what's called a lifestyle business that the, the CEO, you know, he, he's not like, we're at about 15,000 users on our platform. And we've even talked about capping it and saying like, is this all we need? Like, are we good here? You know, which is totally counterintuitive to what most tech companies would say. It's all about taking over the world with as many users as you possibly can. So I, I've been doing that for about a year. And in, in the midst of that, there were some folks on my team at Show It that were young guys who were going to school for computer science. And I just had a conversation with them. I was like, why aren't you guys doing any freelancing? You know, like, why aren't you doing some side hustle stuff? And, and their response was like, well, we're afraid. We're afraid we're going to mess something up or not know what to do or not know how to get clients. And so I was just like, hey, let me help you. Like, let me walk you through the steps that I took. And uh, they were successful as a result. And so I figured like, hey, if, if these guys are having these problems and I was able to help them, like maybe I can help some other people. So I started a platform called Self-Made Web Designer. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And um, I've, I've been able to really connect with people from all, all over the world. So just loving what's happening and still very faithful at my church, you know, still serving at least twice a month. Now that, you know, everything's happened with coronavirus, it's, it looks a little bit different. But, mm. um, you know, lo- love this life of being able to step into the business world, but still have my home church and know, stay planted and stay faithful. Man, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. I am curious about a few things in regards to just that earlier part of your life and that story. You know, oftentimes I've seen where if someone in the church suffers a divorce, especially if they're in a position of leadership at the church, that um, can be changed in a lot of negative ways, sometimes with even that person not being able to serve and things like that. So how did the church handle the whole divorce thing. And also, how was how your relationship with God in regards to that? I think obviously we put so much weight into having a, a relationship with somebody and having a Christ that loves the church type of marriage. And when things like that falter, it can sometimes even affect the way you see God in those moments. So can, can you bring some light on that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the easy answer as far as the the church supporting me during this time, like I would not have made it through if it hadn't have been for my church family. Like they, they were so incredibly supportive and were my lifeline in the, in the midst of it. I, you know, not only my close friends, but my senior pastors and, and, you know, our campus, we're, we're a huge church globally, but our campus in and Phoenix is, is large as well. So we've got about 5,000 members. And it, my senior pastors, I, I was on the phone with them literally like every day. And, and most of the time, just bawling my eyes out. And they were just encouraging me and praying for me, you know. So I can't like, so our, our senior pastors, Terry and Judith Chris, like I, I can't say enough about just how well they did and still do. Cause I know multiple people who have gone through similar situations with different things like this. They're, they're amazing pastors and really walk people through and have been through it themselves. You know, like I'm sure, you know, 
it's kind of a rite of passage as a pastor to go through the struggle and some mess yourself so that you can help people who have, who have been through the same thing. And so they've been through it and were able to walk me through. So, you know, there was nothing but grace, nothing but understanding, you know, in the, in the midst of that, they allowed me to pull my, the amount of time that I was working per week down and allowed me to work from home so I can spend more time with the kids, you know, like they were just so gracious in the midst of it all. But at, at the same time on my end, it was, it was tough. And I, I haven't shared this before ever really publicly, but we had, uh, the, the day of our practice for our Christmas Eve services was the day that my wife walked out. And so, so I'm getting a phone call from her as I'm, as I'm literally preparing for the biggest service we're going to have all year long. And I didn't even know it. I got a phone call from a friend saying like, Hey, you know, like she's gone and she's left and like, we're here for you if you need it. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You know? And so I had to like, I had to stop the practice and literally went into my office and was just bawling my eyes out. And, you know, my, my team was, was thankfully gracious. And, and, you know, I tried to be strong and I tried, you know, as a leader, it's tough because there's that fine line of like, you want to be vulnerable, but at the same time, these people are here to be led by you, you know, like they're, they're not here to be your emotional support. And so, so I really had distinguished between like, okay, these are the people that I'm here for. And these are the people that are here for me. And so I had to be careful to go with my vulnerability to the people that are here for me and, you know, not, not put on some mask and some show like everything's great. But at the same time, like, like, Hey, you know, God is faithful. Speaking those truths to them, God is faithful. He's going to get us through this. Like everything's going to be great. We're going to have great services. People are going to get saved. And so I can't say that it wasn't tough, but man, if, if there was one place that I could have gone through this with, or a people group that I could have gone through this with, I I would have chosen the, the church that I'm in currently. So man, just can't say enough good things about that. But in regard to my own personal relationship with Jesus, you know, obviously like you go through something like this and it either ruins you in your relationship with God, or it makes you stronger. And so for me, it forced me to run into his arms and say, like, I absolutely need you in the midst of this. And, I, you know, started really like, you know, questioning my faith, but, but in a good way, like, why do I, why do I believe the things that I believe? And how can I know for sure that what I believe is the truth? And so, I started looking into a lot of apologetic stuff. There's a guy named William Lane Craig, who's fantastic. John Lennox, who's fantastic. And my faith became stronger as a result of it. And I started going, wow, like, I feel like I, I believe more at a deeper level now than I ever could have. And I, and I think like my encouragement to people who are going through something similar is that, you know, when God puts you in a situation like that or allows you to go through a situation like that, it's not to ruin you. It's because there's something there that he wants you to learn that you couldn't have learned had you not gone through it in that way. And so I've, I've had to learn how to look at situations like that. I mean, even today, we're looking at the coronavirus. We have to look at it this as God is trying to teach us something that we couldn't have learned as a person, as a community, as a nation, had we not gone through something like this. And, and, 
And when you look at things that way, man, like you can't lose, you, you can't lose in the midst of it because it's win-win. You're like, well, God wanted me to learn how to trust in him when I, when I lost my job, when I lost my ability to make an income, you know, like, like you can't beat somebody that has that mentality. I think what's so powerful about what you said, and I've heard this said by another pastor is, um, you know, there's that passage in Romans 8, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. What that means, uh, a way to translate that, is that not everything that happens to us is good, but everything that happens to us can matter if God is a part of it. Meaning, coronavirus isn't good, but it can matter in a way where we can look back on this and say, you know what, even though that wasn't great, that helped bring us to this next place where we are better and things are good because of it. And I think yeah. that's just a, that's such a powerful way to see any circumstance in our lives. And and thank you so much for even sharing just even that whole situation because I know that that's tough and you know sometimes it's even brutal to relive some of those moments. But I am also yeah. grateful to know that uh, you you're remarried now and you have a baby on the way or the baby's been born. Baby's here, man. He was born December twelfth, so he's a little coronavirus baby. And, <laughs> Congratulations! Um, he's, he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, we're having fun, man. He's he's awesome. He's so I I had three girls in my previous marriage, and then this is my first boy. So, and it's it's really kind of a just a, a straight up redemption story, man. So my name is is Christopher Dean, and. You know, his name is Dean Christopher. So like, I just had this strong sense of he's, he's going to be like a reflection of me, but it's going to be my life turned upside down on, on its head. So he's going to get the goodness of the, <laughs> the side of the spectrum, you know, and, and my wife is amazing. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny because at the beginning, whenever everything went crazy for me and my ex-wife, I, I even had people who were encouraging me, like, you should start a podcast. You should start a blog and, and just talk about your struggle. And I even had a guy come to me and say, like, I want to take your story. I want to ghostwrite it. And I want to make a chapter in a book about you. And I'm like, I just I like I appreciate it. But I feel like like my, there's something more to my story. And if I highlight what this is right now. Like it's going to put a period on this season and, and I don't want there to be a period. I want there to be a comma and I have a sense that there's something more coming for me. And so like, let's, let's hold off. And sure enough, God was, was faithful and totally redeemed absolutely everything in my life, man. And you know, it's not without struggle. It's not like everything's just awesome all the time. Like certainly, you know, there's day-to-day stuff and we're figuring out how to have four kids at home while I'm working from home. And, you know, like right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm literally in my laundry room, you know? So, you know, figuring things out is tough, but man, it's just been, it's just been so good to see the faithfulness of God. Absolutely. And I, I got you right now too, literally. And this is the funny thing. So many people are like, oh, Stephen, you have a great podcast voice. You talk so smooth. It's like, I'm talking quietly right now because my kid's taking a nap. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to not have someone screaming in the background of this podcast. So, so yeah, so the struggle is real, man, but I appreciate you again, just doing this and, and sharing. Hey world, we're gonna keep this conversation going, but I wanna let you know about the people that help me do what I do, Ambo TV. 
Amble TV brings inspirational live sermons from the most captivating next generation Christian pastors, along with in-studio discussions to a broad multi-platform audience. Check out AmboTV.com and Ambo Network via social media to see all the great sermons and pastors that they showcase. Also, thank you, Ambo TV, for all the help you've been doing with your platform to help churches during this time. And I just want you guys to know, definitely check it out and keep an eye out for me. I'm also on Ambo TV. Without further ado, let's get back to this conversation with Chris Mistrick. And man, are you getting sleep though, dude? Like that's, that's a lot of craziness in the house. Yeah, I am. I mean, partially because my, my wife is amazing and is, it has taken the majority of the night shift and I've been blessed with a unique ability to sleep just about anywhere through just about anything, you know, which is great for me. Very alarming for my family in case we have an intruder or something like I probably wouldn't even wake up through any of it, you know, so things are fine, you know, and I, I think with anything like you have to figure out a schedule and a routine in order to keep yourself sane. And and my wife and I work on this constantly together. We have a weekly meeting where we talk about like, this is what my schedule on Monday looks like from nine until 10, I'm doing this from 10 until 11, I'm doing this. So we're pretty intentional and we're not like, it's not like we do it. We're not awesome at it all the time, but the majority of the time we're having that conversation and we're setting expectations for one another so that we both get good rest and are able to, you know, still thrive in the midst of this really weird season that's happening. Absolutely. So here's the thing. Let me ask this and then I want to talk to you about the tech stuff, because right now, how ironic is it? No, no, I, I don't want to call it ironic. I think it's on point. That obviously no one was expecting this to happen. But if something like the coronavirus was to happen 10 years ago, man, the church would really be in a bind. But now we are living in the most technological age that we've ever seen. And there are so many means for the church to be impactful in the midst of not being able to meet physically. But before I get into that, you know, Ryan Romeo, who also, I believe, is in the Arizona area. Have you met him? Do you know him? Yeah, I love Ryan. Okay. You guys I, I look alike. I have not alike. met him, but I've been to his conferences. Yeah, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look a little bit alike. Who? Yeah. But when Ryan was on the show, I asked him, uh, and I want to ask you the same question. In regards to worship, who do you look to? in regards to the worship scene as like cutting edge, like who, who's, and I know you probably have a bias knowing the church you go to, who's a worship team right now that you like a lot, or even anybody in the Christian music world that you say, man, this, this person or this, or this worship team, our team is, is really doing a great job. Man, there, there, there are just so many. And I like, I think back to when I was a teenager just starting to lead worship and it was like any good worship song that came out like we were doing you know because there was just such a limited amount of stuff out there and now it's like we have so many choices so so obviously you kind of referenced it like i'm constantly streaming Hillsong. Like they're, they're awesome. And I know a ton of them personally, I know their hearts. And so I think that kind of helps me to, to really know like the worship behind what you see in the videos. But I've, I've really been getting into Maverick city music, which is kind of a, a 
conglomeration of a lot of different worship leaders, but they made a few recordings and you can check them out on YouTube. And uh, man, it just cuts straight to my heart. And it's so simple. Like it's just a piano, a bass and some drums and acoustic guitar, and then just a whole bunch of people in a circle singing together. And it's, it's really free flow. Like they, they have set songs, but like the moment could go anywhere. And so I've, I've been streaming that like almost all day long, honestly. So those, those are the guys that I would seriously recommend. And of course, of course, I've got a friend, Cody Carnes, who's fantastic. Him and his wife, Carrie Job, have that great song out right now, The Blessing, which is just, I feel like the perfect anthem for this season, you know? Like it just, it just gets me, especially when Stephen Furtick is like starting to sing and you're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, that guy can sing. <laughs> that gets me too. Every time when he, when he gets up midway and he starts, I was like, Oh man, I'm about to, I'm about to have a shouting session in my living room right now. <laughs> yeah. And he's so raspy and he's like, put another blessing on it. You know? And you're like, Oh man, here we go. <laughs> oh man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you are the self-made web designer you might be responsible for some of the websites that I enjoy for you knowing tech and also being very involved in church right now. You know, what are ways that you see that the church should be responding digitally due to the coronavirus where obviously people aren't allowed to meet in large gatherings anymore? All right, all right I'll even ask yeah. this. What have you seen so far that you do like and what things do you think for the future should be happening? Yeah, I I think that this is this is a really great time for for the church to show some of the behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't necessarily get to see on a Sunday morning. And I think that like we are seeing a good majority of really great churches start to stream services and and start to stream the message and and show a little bit of of what's happening i think my heart lately is and and especially like right now like and and i love the message of your podcast like being humble and being real you know like like if if there's anything i would encourage church leaders out there to do is like don't try to overproduce what it is that you're offering to the world right now you know don't don't try don't try to if you're a small church you know like don't try to be like hillsong you know, like the, the world does not need another Hillsong. The world does not need another Elevation Church. The world needs your church to be exactly who you are to the people that need to connect with you. And so, you, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying like, don't be excellent about the things that you do. Like there, I think there's, there can be a level of laziness when it comes to this stuff. Like we're all just going to get up in our PJs and like not ever practice and, you know, like not, not not do the best that we can, but I think like you can just be honest, you know, cause the world needs honesty. The world needs to know that like, Hey, we're all kind of scared right now. We're all kind of worried, but at the same time, we have this overarching hope to know that, that God has brought humanity through tougher seasons than this. And so no matter what your fears are, like I, I'm, I feel that I connect with that. I have those same fears, but I'm not mastered by those fears. I'm not mastered by my worries. And so 
the more that you can just allow people to see into the depth of your heart, I think the better right now for, for people looking for a, for a genuine hope, you know, like, I think that's more than anything, what people are after right now is like, like, is the church going to be real? Is the church going to, to fill a gap that the government can't fill right now? You know, can we fill this gap of, of hope and of encouragement and of even saying like, I'm going to bring some toilet paper over to a friend's house. And I don't care if you give me the coronavirus because I've got a God who's bigger than the coronavirus and your needs are bigger than my worries. And so, you know, there's some caveats there because like, you don't want to be stupid. You know, you, like there's wisdom in the midst of this, but at the same time, you know, Jesus was hugging lepers and everybody was like, don't do that. You know? And he's like, no, like, this is why I have come. I have come to show you that the physical world doesn't master me because I'm on another playing field. Man, that's so powerful and that's so on point because I think that's something that we really need. I do think that's going to be the next step personally. And I don't know if you agree with this, but it's just uh, there's a lot of people with uh, digital content out right now, which is great. That's what we got to be on. But then there's got to be, you know, when we're like four weeks into this and we're still not meeting, it's like, hey, who does need toilet paper? Hey, who does need some type of canned good or, or something? You know, w what are ways that we can really implement change? And the thing, too, is. You know, I, I had a great conversation with another woman of God, Tanya Harold. Shout out to her. And she was talking about how this is probably the most collaborative time that the church has ever had to learn and grow from one another. And um, I think there needs to be an opportunity to take advantage of that as church leaders, but then also to see that, you know what? We're going to do our streaming service. We're going to do our part to be sure that people that know us can hear us and maybe someone for the first time. But everybody can you can watch 20 different church services. You know what I mean right now, which is good. But what's going to make the impact is who stepped out of just the online service and went to your house and dropped something off or said, hey, join our our, our conversation. And this is actually the other thing, too. Going into the next question, because, you know, the online Sunday service thing is happening. What are your thoughts in regards to the community aspect? I know a lot of people are doing Zoom right now. You know, you from being in the tech world, what would you say are the best ways to do the community? And what ways should we be looking? Should they be all Bible study? Should they be all just checking in with one another? What would you say? Yeah. You know, I, I think this isn't just a question, like it certainly is a question for the church, but I think everybody is kind of feeling this in every realm of life from businesses to families to, you know, my kids, friends. And so I, I actually just wrote an article called how to work from home and not go crazy because. Did you tell um, us about that? Yeah. I thought that was so brilliant. It's the kind of thing, you know, so many people think that working from home is like the dream, you mm -hmm. know, like, uh, like I roll out of bed, I got my PJs on, I hop in front of the television, I put on Netflix and I do my job. But the truth is, is that if, if you're not careful, like working from home can take a toll on your mental health. And so a as a freelancer, like working in my spare time from my house for so many years, I had to figure out some things to put in place to help me stay mentally healthy because 
you know, really quickly you start to, to not have a safe place to escape to, you know, and the delineation in your mind between work and play becomes fuzzy. And you and you you forget how to relax like you feel like you're constantly on. And so, you know, there's some important things to do, like make sure you've got a dedicated space. Like I, we, I joked about being in my laundry room, but I've worked hard to, to make this small, you know, 33 inch of space I have in my laundry room so that I don't feel like I'm just constantly working whenever I go with be with my kids. I'm not thinking about the emails that I got to answer the Slack message that I got to respond to. And then as far as communicating and interacting with your coworkers, like my encouragement is whatever you were doing, turn the dial up at least two or three degrees. And the same would be true with connecting with people in your church and the community around you, you know? So if you were texting somebody like once or twice a week, you know, turn it up to maybe every other day, you know, and, and just check in and, and just make sure that you're, you're connecting. And I think the tendency right now, when there's a crisis is to go inward is to go, okay, what does my family need? What do we need to be safe and to survive in the midst of this? But Christ calls us to go outward as the church and, and to go like, all right, I'm going to trust God for me and my family's needs. And I'm going to now put my attention on the needs of other families and other people. And so as tough as this might be to keep yourself from looking at like where the levels of the coronavirus are in your area, like look at somebody else's state that, you know, and start praying for them or start. If a friend comes to mind, you know, like I just like to say, maybe that's God kind of nudging you to, to reach out to them and just see how they're doing and just tell them that you're praying for them and, and you're lifting them up. You know, like I've heard it said that if, if you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. And, and I think that is, is really true in this season right now. If you are focused on making sure that other people feel loved, that other people feel connected to, that you're checking in on people that, you know, like an older person that might not even have a computer or be able to stream services, like, you know, like that's, that's what God has called the church to do. And so I, I think if you have that mentality of, of selflessness, like you can't, you can't go wrong and you're not worried about like, okay, where's my community going to come from? Like, why aren't people reaching out to me? And you start thinking, how can I be a blessing to other people? Like you won't go stir crazy. Like God is, God is going to give you an assignment and bless you in ways that you, you wouldn't be able to even imagine in the midst of such weird and random times. Man, that's so powerful, dude. That's so powerful. You're not just a tech dude. You are basically just like a prince of preachers right now, dude. Uh, I'm I'm receiving (laughs) all of your words, dude. Seriously. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, world. I hope you're enjoying this conversation. But before we finish it up, I want to let you know of a couple ways that you can show support for the Humble and Honest podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, share, and leave a review for the podcast so more people get the chance to know about it. Also, you could be a contributor through Patreon. For as low as $1 a month, you can support this show and help continue these conversations. And in fact, as a thank you to all our Patreon contributors, I am going to be having two episodes that you can only hear on Patreon. That's right, two episodes of the Humble and Honest Podcast available nowhere else but on Patreon. Check out the description of this episode for the link. But right now, let's finish up this conversation with Chris Mistrick. 
in regards to working from home, you know, you had that article. I thought it was brilliant. You know, this is a little bit of a small thing. You can you can fill me in on this. I've heard when it comes to working from home, you even got to get out to pajamas. You got to change and like act like you are in a workspace. Do you agree with that or no? A hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, for, for me, something that's really important is that I have to put shoes on because if I don't put shoes on, I don't feel like I'm working, you know. And so I have to be careful because like we've got a baby and I don't want to go outside and walk on the coronavirus and bring it back in on the carpet where he's going to be hanging out, you know, you know, so I like, I'm just now trying to figure out like, okay, how can I still wear shoes, but it not like infect the house everywhere. But, you know, I, I encourage people to have a routine that they do to start the day and a routine that they have that they end the day in. And this, this is tough for me because I am not an organized person in any sense of the imagination. Like I took the strengths finders test years and years ago. And the thing that I'm least strong in is organization. So like it gives you this, the strengths finders test gives you 50 of your strengths, your top 10 are what you're really strong in. And then everything else past that, it's like, forget it. Like just try to manage your life, but don't try to make these strengths. And my bot, like number 50 is organization. So having routine and having something consistent is like real work for me. Like it's, it's tough in a way that, you know, I don't think a lot of people find it to be as tough, but I've had to put in routines in order to make sure that when I'm done with work, I come to my kids and I'm the best dad that I possibly can be. And when I come to my wife, I'm the best husband that I possibly can be. So I I just done reading this book called The Miracle Morning. It's just a great book that gives some, some really good guidelines of some things to do to start off your day that really kind of just prepare you for the day that, that tell yourself psychologically, like I'm getting ready to go into work mode. And so things like, like putting on clothes, you know, things like doing a little bit of exercising before you come to work, like, like making sure you're taking showers, making sure, you know, I'm not clean shaved right now, but if you shave, like you shave, you know, but this isn't out of the ordinary for me. Like, this is just my normal life. I let my facial hair grow. But, um, anyway, so, you know, those are a few things that you can do just to, to kind of make sure that like you're being intentional about your time and what better season to start routines like a start and stop routine than when you don't have to drive to work, you know, when you've got a little bit of extra time in the morning that you'd normally be spending doing something. Absolutely. And the other thing about you too, that I respect is that obviously you're big into the tech world and I would love to send people your way because your story of how you've gotten into the tech business is, is really inspiring. And uh, shoot, man, I might have you help me out with a website after this offline. But um, <laughs> let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. But the other thing, too, is that you definitely seem to have I don't want to say you have a balance, but you manage the tension of digital interaction. So the question that I have for you is, you know, with the level of digital interaction, people are literally on their screens all day now because that's the only way that they can work. That's the only way they can go to school. Then they go back on TV to find entertainment and things like that. What would you recommend as wisdom in regards to us and our screen time right now and how especially that's going to look in the home because it can be very easy, especially complete families, mom, dad, kids grandparents whoever just all vegging out on television for the next six to eight weeks minimum what would you say yeah well a lot of this is really dependent 
upon the person. And my encouragement to anybody listening would be to, to go to the root of it. You know, if you are looking to a screen to fill some kind of void in your life that you're not getting as a result of where we are in this season of this, of the world right now, then like whatever that amount is, it's going to be unhealthy. And so like, if you're looking to Netflix or YouTube to give you peace or Facebook to feel connection, like there will be no amount that you can get that will satisfy that need. Because as we know, the only thing that can satisfy us in this, in this, a time like this would be our connection and relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, like that would be my first encouragement is to look to the root of why it is that you're flipping open your phone every 30 minutes, you know, and if you find that it's, it's because of some lack inside of yourself that only Jesus can meet, then, then you need to ask him, like, what's my steps going forward to get some healing in this area? But, you know, there are some real practical things that you can do as far as screen time goes. Like something that I've started to do is I put my phone in another room whenever I'm, I'm hanging out with my kids. You know, it's not, it's not just off. It's not just silenced. It's, it's in another room. And the reason for that is they've done studies about how even if your phone is off, but in the same room, you're going to be somewhat distracted by it. The only thing that they found that like really effectively just cuts the cord between you and whatever device that you have, you spend a lot of time on is to put it in some place where you're going to have to like go, you know, multiple doors through and like figure out how to get through and turn on and stuff like that. So, so that's some things to do is as far as our kids, we put some boundaries on them and, and it's gotten a little bit lax in this season, but you know, we give them about 30 minutes a day on screen time, unless they're doing something together as brother and sisters. Well, as sisters, their little brother isn't really able to get on the screen just right now, you know? So like, so playing games together, like we're, we're okay with, you know, and doing things like that. But it's just like anything else, you know, like if, if you allow yourself to go too far and spend too much time, then obviously it's going to hurt you. But at the same time, it can be a real good tool to make sure that you're connecting with people and, and, uh, and feeling a sense of community at the same time. Absolutely. So we're running out of time. Chris, if you could, if you could just do two things, cause you, you're big into the freelance world. So if you could just give someone just a few quick tips and obviously to anyone listening, if you're looking into doing freelance, I'm going to put a link to his podcast in the description rather. That's how you say that. But um, what would you say is some quick steps for anyone that's looking to get into freelance? Because let's be honest, this is where the future is going. I mean, not we're, we're in it right now. And I think for even more people that are looking to find a, a career path that's that's going to be digital this is this is the way to do it this is a stepping stone to it anyway so what are the quick steps that you'd give to someone that's interested in something like this yeah well there's there's two sides to this right there's the freelance world that is just there to make a quick buck and i understand that and i've even had quite a lot of friends reach out to me and say like i've lost my jobs like what are some things that i can do right now to make some money. So there's some things that are, are really simple to do. Like there's um, Amazon Mechanical Turk or mturk.com, 
which is really just busy work. So it's a lot of data input. It's, sometimes it's transcribing. There's rev.com for transcribing as well. And those are things that you go on and you apply and y- you, you can make a little bit of money. It's not going to be a lot. You're going to be working hours and sometimes it'll be for pennies. But if you're in a desperate place, like, you know, anything can be good right now. My ultimate encouragement is that if you find yourself wondering like, what are my next steps in life? I've, my career path is totally off rails because of what's happening. There is no better time to figure out a skill that you can freelance with online. And so I even had a friend whose job isn't in jeopardy, but she's like, this like, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Like I'm going to go full force into freelance web design. And I'm like, great. You know, like there's, there's no better time to, to gain skills because we are going to come out of it. Like the market is going to get better. Like we will find solutions for what is happening with the coronavirus. And life is not going to look like this forever. It might look like it for longer than we all anticipated that it would, but it's not going to be for forever. So so use this time as a way to go to self-university. You know, like teach yourself web design skills. My site's a great place to get started, selfmadewebdesigner.com. Teach yourself development skills. Uh, I had a friend who came to me and he was just like, what can I do to freelance from home? And I'm like, well, what things do you like? And he's like, well, I love writing. And I'm like, okay, copywriting is a great place to freelance in, you know? So check out a guy named Ray Edwards, check out a guy named Ed Gandia. Like these are guys who are six figure copywriters and they're teaching other people how to do it as well. Like there's, if you've been looking for an excuse to learn a skill online, you know, like this is, this is the best time to do it. This is the best excuse. There's ease of it. Even a guy, and I'm going to look up his name because I know I'm going to wreck it. He was actually a, a worship pastor as well. And he learned Facebook ads and has a six figure agency. His name is Blake Snodgrass. And he has some tips and tools about how to get started with an agency. If, if you are more interested in like Facebook advertising, like there's a few skills out there that are going to be high value. So things like advertisement, things like copywriting, things like web development, design and programming, like those are high value freelance skills. Everything else are low value, but you can kind of get started with almost immediately. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that is encouraging to people listening. Absolutely. Extremely helpful. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time talking with me, sir. This has truly been a privilege. Hey, man, Stephen, I I just really appreciate everything you're doing and, and praying for you guys out in New York and everything that's happening. Thank you so much. We'll take it. All right. God bless you, sir. Man, a great conversation with someone who I hope to call a friend, Chris. Thank you so much again for being on this show. And thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And I really do hope that you take advantage of some of the wisdom that Chris gave today. But above all, please right now, be safe, wash your hands, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of the Humble and Honest Podcast. Podcast.